Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help, I Have a Teenager, the podcast that's here to answer all your questions about the new teen age. My name is Jo Lamble. I'm a mum of two adult children, a clinical psychologist and the co-author of a book called The New Teen Age, How to Support Today's Tweens and Teens to Become Healthy, Happy Adults. And my name is Dr Ginny Mansberg. I'm also Jo's co-author. I'm also a GP, I'm also a mum, and we've got six kids in our blended family. Now, on today's episode... We're throwing the usual format of the show out of the window. And that is because we have, drumroll, our first ever guest on the show, and it couldn't be a better fit. It is the co-founder of Mamma Mia, Mia Friedman. Now, a few weeks ago, a lot of you will remember, Mia spoke really passionately on Mamma Mia Out Loud. She was so eloquent. It was really emotional about one of the hard parts of parenting teens. Here's a bit of a snippet. My worst this week is that I messed up with two of my children this week, probably three. (laughs) We'll find out one day in therapy in the future, but I won't go into it because their lives are theirs and not mine. But even as your kids get older, parenting is hard. It sometimes feels like the stakes are higher. And when you do something wrong and you just mess up a conversation or a moment, it can feel really Oh, man. I don't know. It can just feel really shit for them and for me. And it was nothing, it was nothing even big, but it's just, I don't know, you, your relationship with your kids as they get older just kind of feels more tenuous and you feel more vulnerable in it, weirdly. I get so emotional when I talk about my kids now. I don't I know. I wish what. I was in the room to give you a big hug. As someone who isn't a parent, I just, that's something that you cannot understand until you have kids. I look at it and I'm like, your kids are fed, happy, well-adjusted. One of them I really like. He's in the next room. (laughs) Like they're doing fine. I think when your kids are younger, they love you so much and so hard that sometimes it can feel suffocating a little bit almost, but you're never in doubt, right, because you're their moon and their stars. And as they get older, you're not and your place in their world becomes more precarious. And so you're more aware of when you do something wrong or something to upset them or hurt them or something. We'll link this episode in the show notes so you can listen to the whole segment. But this episode really touched a nerve with people as our producers got a flurry of correspondence from people who resonated with Mia's words. So we thought, why not get Mia in to chat about this very relatable part of raising teens? Thanks for joining us, Mia. Thank you, guys. (laughs) I feel like I'm in a safe space with... 
people who understand? Because it's so hard to talk to people who don't have teens about what it's like. So, so hard. Look, you mentioned In Out Loud, which I'm just going to out myself, that is my favourite podcast (laughs) in the whole world. But you were saying that you don't want to go into the details, which I completely understand, but I want to go into the feelings because it was pretty raw. Yeah. What made it so hard that moment with your kids? Do you know what's funny? Since, because a few people came up to them and said, oh, my, like teachers said, oh, I listened and I cried in my car and I was telling them about it on the way to school and I started crying, telling them about it. And then I told them what the actual things were and they were like, are you kidding? Like (laughs) we gave that not one second thought. And that's why I said it, they weren't big deals, but it's like dating someone who's just not that into you. That's what it feels like to parent a teen. Like I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but it's that real sense of I'm on such thin ice and my relationship with them is so precarious. And because you feel like they don't like you most of the time, which they insist is not true, but that's just how you feel. It just, yeah, it feels like the stakes are really high. Yeah, I often find that particularly mums, when they come and see me, they say the same thing. They say, look, everyone worries about their physical safety and everyone's going Mm. on, what if they lose them or they had an accident? They say, but what gets me is Mm. is their emotional safety and what if I am the cause of their pain? You know, and they give examples and I hear them all the time. I hear parents just, you know, stuffing up like we all have, you know, stuffing up on, you know, their teen might start questioning their sexuality and the parent quickly can say, oh, you're just going through a phase, it's just trendy, not knowing that that child is crushed by that for a while or they might crush their ambitions. I had one mum said her teen said she wanted to be a singer, so she said, great, I'll get you some singing lessons. And the the kid just, she didn't realise, the kid didn't talk to her for... You know, how how many days? Because she thought that was saying you can't sing. You know, there's so many examples of this. Because they just, like when they're little, they don't stop talking to you. Like they do not stop. No matter how much you want them. Exactly. Just straw breath. And then they stop and it's such a vacuum. And I remember saying to one of my kids, because my mother-in-law is a really good cook and so we we always go over there for like Friday night dinners or whatever and I remember saying to my eldest and crying, I feel like if I can't cook, I'll never see you again after you move out. And he, I'm going to cry again. He was so shocked by that because he said, how can you think that? But that's what it is. It's the feeling so vulnerable. And it's fear, isn't it? You're talking about fear. And insecurity. Yeah. And it's a weird position to be in with your own children. But as they grow up and away from you, like it's quite pathetic how much I feel that I need, I don't know, not their approval and that. Maybe it's also that we're the generation that enjoy being with our kids. But we get like this positive affirmation in other relationships. So you yeah, know your friends right. like you because of their body language or the way they relate to yes. you. They Whereas you. kids are just completely yes. internal. They're so self-focused. They're not trying to give like F off vibes. They kind of do by accident because they're just thinking about themselves the whole time. And they're rolling their eyes a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So you're saying that I have to not look for the markers that I have in every other relationship that they like me. Absolutely. Plus, I'm going to go to one of your other happy places, which is perimenopause. Yeah. But we all get to parent teens at a time where we fall off the confidence cliff anyway. Yes. 
you know, you've got brain fog. Yes. You think you're stupid. You believe it yourself. You think all of a sudden I'm less attractive, yeah. I'm not funny, I'm pretty dumb. Yeah. So you've got this whole crisis of confidence that's happening, plus you feel like a girlfriend phase, you know, you're not as good to your friends as you used to be. We feel like daughter fails, like because, yeah. you know, our parents were not as good to them as we should be. We are just clocking up fails on our shoulders yeah. all the time. And then our kids just don't answer a text or roll their eyes at us and don't answer something. And that just buys into every single thing that we've got going on hormonally. And we just feel pathetic. But it's actually not the situation because we know from research that, in fact, the ones who your kids want to hang out with and to, or not maybe not hang out with, but the ones they want to <laughs> go to for advice are the parents, mm. or particularly the mums. Yeah, because kids of any age do want to love and be loved by their parents. And so it's actually pretty unconditional. There's a lot we can do and they still love us. It's good news. So I also find that apologising to my kids, I do that a lot. I used to think that you kind of couldn't. I don't know why, but on the weekend I did it again. Like I had an ADHD moment and I was like, let's move all the rooms in the house and my youngest son can move into a different room and let's do that. And then I kind of realised, no, that wasn't going to work. So he was really disappointed and I had to say, I'm really sorry. I know you're pissed off with me. I'm struggling with my ADHD at the moment. I thought it would be a really good idea. I can now see that it wasn't and I should have worked through all the steps before I told you about it. Why did you think you couldn't apologise to kids? I guess because my parents never apologised to me. Mm. And it also, it feels in some ways, oh, it's irreparable, I've done it. I can't say I'm sorry because then they'll lose respect for me or then I won't, I don't know, be an authority figure. And no one ever actually told me that, but I always have to remind myself, oh, I can just say that I'm sorry and I stuffed up. Yeah, and is there any better modelling than to say, I'm sorry, I stuffed up? Because that's what we're there for, also to be these great role models. And if we can own our mistakes and make sure that we do it without defending too much and make sure that we don't do the accidental double down, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but you did. Yeah. <laughs> you did say the wrong thing. You know, so if you genuinely just apologise and own it and reinforce force how much you love them, then gosh, that just goes so far. Do you think we're also the generation that are so uncomfortable with our children having a negative emotion and we're so sort of needy for our children's constant affirmation and validation of us? I think that's right. I mean, you know, when my grandparents were parenting, their version of being a good parent was that all the kids lived. <laughs> exactly. Know? Or that they weren't starving yeah. to death. That, you know, basically if they put three foul overstewed vegetables on a plate, they were just like hashtag winning, like as a parent. <laughs> and these days, you know, if our kids are doing anything less than just stellar marks at school mm. and the most popular and never having any moments of rejection or sadness, you know, unless that's our goal, we're like feeling like a massive fail hello, our grandparents didn't even register that on the Richter scale. They didn't even notice whether their kids were happy because they were alive. That was all that mattered. Yeah, I've got a lot of clients who seem to be really disappointed when I tell them, hey, I'm not worried about your child at all. They're fine. And they're saying, no, no, but you don't understand. They get really angry or really down or they get moody or they're anxious. And you go, yep, yep, okay. And they're saying, yeah, so what do I do? Should I get them to sit? No, no. 
they're fine. It's good that they're opening up to you. It's good that they can talk. But, you know, again, this generation, all of us, we're so worried. What will that mean? Again, I think mm. it comes from fear mm. because we're more aware these days, as Ginny just said. And with that awareness comes the fear, okay, what will happen? What if they self-harm? What if they take their life? What if yeah. this anxiety just cripples them forever? What if they never make it? What if, what if, what if? So it's actually the parent's anxiety that is making, you know, their child to them feel like they're worse than they are. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Because we're sort of the first helicopter generation of parents, can you guys give me some advice on how to handle the fact that, because if your child's not pulling away from you, you probably haven't done a very good job or there's a reason for it. You know, like the redundancy is built into parenting if you're doing it right. So how do we let them pull away without sort of being needy and chasing them like a little meerkat, which is what I feel like sometimes I do. Like how do I just let them pull away from me without getting crushed or do I need to face that it's sad? It is sad. Mm. It is hard to... I was to... hoping you would say there was a trick. No. I think there's a trick in that I think we've we've got to stop just checking on them all the time. Yeah. We do have to stop saying, are you okay? Are you okay? What was that? Was that you look a bit down? You look yes. a bit tired? You look a bit angry? You look... Are you angry what? at me? Are you okay? Have I exactly. pissed you off? Yeah, that's right. So we do have to stop doing that because remember, Mia, with any of that checking type behaviour, that's addictive. Because when we check, are you okay, are you sure yes. I didn't upset you? And they say, no, mum, what are you talking about? We go, oh, that relief is fabulous. But that relief is very short-lived because we soon need that relief again. So yes. then we'll just wait about half an hour and go, what about now? Yeah. Are you pissed <laughs> off with me now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I am now because you keep asking me. So, yeah, checking behaviour, that is, but that's our job to try and resist that compulsion to check and to let them ride through it. You know, if Mm. you're really concerned, you want to be able to talk to them and say, this is what I've observed over the past few weeks or over the past few days, not the last few minutes. (laughs) So just extend the observation period and Mm. then come in and say, okay, now I want to know if you're okay because of all these factors. And just lastly, any tips for me? Like I feel like lately I can't look at those uh, for a little while actually. You know when Facebook is like three years ago on this day, five years, and they just make me cry and sometimes people will put them in our family group chats and I'll just be like I can't look at them because I feel so sad and I miss those little people who are gone. Is that normal? Well, that's why I don't have Facebook. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's one way. <laughs> well, I think it is really normal, but I don't think being sad for that moment or feeling mm-hmm. teary is necessarily a bad thing. I it's feel like a- it's a burden for my children, though, to know how sad I am about them growing up in a way. Yeah, and you're going to grieve for the things that you've lost, which is your little children. Yeah. You know, you don't get that toddler sleeping in your arms anymore. You don't get that newborn baby nursing at your breast. As each new phase comes along, you don't get that anymore. I've got now... They stop wanting to marry you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, do you remember that? Yeah. Can I marry I you, Mum? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> you can. Yes. 
But like, I'm now getting kids who have all got partners, so there's no more family holidays without, you know, and it's not that I don't love the partners, I do, and then mm. they'll have children and it's not like I'm not looking forward to that. I am, but I'm kind of, it's sad. I'm not going to have a family holiday when it's just us anymore. Yeah. And it just, I guess, as each new phase happens, you do grieve a little bit for what you've left behind, but then it's exciting too because you're watching them become these adults mm. and they're competent and, look, you've got a son who's getting married mm. and you're just watching him forge his own path, which is sad for what you've lost but amazing as well. Yeah, you're but right. But I, I also wouldn't worry, Mia, that you're giving them a burden because really? it's lovely that they're seeing you're upset because what oh, you're saying to them. <laughs> no, but what you're saying is I love you so much and I just loved when you are around me and, and what parent doesn't say. Isn't that say, oppressive, Jo? But it's not to say, look, my favourite time is when the whole family's together. Gosh, my mum in her 80s will still say that mm. my favourite time is when my children are mm. all around me and, yes, my grandchildren and their partners, but mainly my children, you know, and that never changes. Changes. I think what you just want to avoid is to put the guilt trips on them. You know, mm. so when they do ring or when they do text you, not oh gosh, oh that's lovely to finally hear from you, yes. and oh wow, gosh, you actually answered this time. Just don't do any of that. Just make every interaction when they reach out just really casual, positive, and they'll do it more. Shaping behaviour very important. If you don't do that and you don't play the guilt trips you know, they'll be fine and they'll just know that you just love them and you're a little bit, you know, sooky because mm. you're just a beautiful mum. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, wow, that was amazing. But it is all we've got time for this week. If you have a question, email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au or submit your questions via a completely anonymous form. You'll find the link in our show notes. If you like this show, please share it with your friends and tell people about it. This show was produced by the fabulous Emmeline Peterson. I'm Jo Lamble. I'm Ginny Mansberg, and we'll see you next week. 